And now, broadcasting from atop a secret location somewhere on Fort Myers Beach, Florida, it's How About That with Brian Howe. And now, your host, Brian Howe. Yes, indeed. How are we all? I hope we're all having a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, I'm here in southwest Florida where the weather is absolutely astonishing. No clouds in the sky and the temperature is approaching the temperature of the actual sun. (laughs) So there we are. Tonight's guest, today's guest, this morning's guest. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, of course, I don't know. So I have to cover all the bases. But my guest is very exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm rather excited about this. Her name is Bethany Bayless. She's a mother of a golden doodle puppy which is one of my favorite breeds. Uh, She's also the Director of Communications for Heroes at Home. She holds a Bachelor of Arts Communications and is a self-processed geek. She's also an aspiring home cook, something that I wish I could do. She's also a globetrotter, but not the way that normal people would consider doing it, I I suppose. Like when I travel, I travel, you know, mainly coach, sometimes first class if I've got the decent upgrade and I get a limo waiting for me at the airport because I'm going to do a show and then I get transported in a very bubble-like world. Bethany does it differently. She graduated from college, she packed two bags and buggered off to London. That's what she did and since then she has traveled to over 20 countries and doesn't have a big inheritance so she's not rich. But she's learned to travel as cheap as you can. So I know that many of you out there are going to be very interested. Let me introduce you to Bethany Bayless. Hello, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. And can I just say that was the best intro I think I've ever received in my life. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Pure luck. Absolutely pure luck. (laughs) I love it. Oh, it's all very true. I I am a mother of a golden doodle. I mean, I think that's my claim to fame. Um, right there. She might make an appearance in the, I, who knows, but good. Yeah. Good. good. I, I'm a dog lover. As people will testify, I've got seven dogs, all different breeds. Um, oh my goodness. All rescues from, from shelters, uh, three parrots, which are also rescued from people that no longer wanted them. So, so yeah. So tell me you, I don't know what age you were when you started this, but you literally packed up two bags and thought I'm off to London and I'm going to see this. So exciting. It's so, it's so <laughs> daring and so um so like me (laughs) (laughs) well we do share a birthday so i think that i don't know if that means that we have the same spirit or we were born in the same moon or something like that um but yeah it was a big adventure i was i had just graduated college so i was 22 just turned 22 and i decided i looked at my life where i was i was living in chicago at the time i was working for a restaurant as a hostess so i didn't really have like a lot of ties. My boyfriend had just broken up with me. My lease was about to expire. And I was just sitting back and thinking, you know what? I literally have nothing holding me down here. I I don't have any commitments. I don't have anything. I could do whatever I wanted to. Another part of my story is that I also graduated college debt-free. So I didn't have any student loans to pay back. I didn't have any debt of any kind. No credit card debt, no student loans, no anything, no car. It was great. And so I just decided, you know, I want to see this world. It's a big old world out there and I want to see it and I want to be adventurous. And so I ended up getting a job with a company and it, I flew off to London, but then I ended up in Stoke-on-Trent, England. Oh, I'm, the... I'm sorry. I'm sorry mm-hmm. about that. Oh, <laughs> No worries. <laughs> I know Stoke very well and uh, I'm sorry you've uh, actually had to visit Stoke. It's not the most exciting city in the world, but tell me about it. Yeah, Stoke isn't exactly the tourist destination that every for some reason, I don't know why people go to Stoke. I loved it though. Here I am, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at the age of 22, and I get to live in England. It didn't matter if it was not the most appealing part of England for people who actually live there, but mm-hmm. it was so much fun, and it was a really, really great opportunity, and I was completely broke. I worked for a charity out there, and so they covered my room and board, and I worked for free, 40 hours a week, but we also got to travel the country. We traveled Europe. It was it was a really, really great opportunity, and I loved it. I, I made the most of living in this really wonderful country. And it was funny because people would always ask me, especially in Stoke, I was just, I stood out like a sore thumb because my accent, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know if you can uh, relate to that, Brian, but when you have an accent... People, people treat listen. you differently, don't they? Yeah, they do. They, they do treat you differently. And uh, it's quite funny. My, my English pals think I speak American now. And my 
you know, the, the Americans still think I speak with a very British accent. I don't know. I don't know which way it is. Maybe I have picked up several inflections, but you do that when you live in a place for too long. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I thought I was British. I actually started speaking British and I still pick it up every once in a while when I go out there. But I was coming back on the airplane and this guy from Alabama sat next to me and goes, uh, so are you visiting America? And I said, I'm going home. And he said, where'd you get that <laughs> accent from? <laughs> so I try to blend in. That's my goal in life is to blend in. <laughs> yeah. So but tell me, I mean, you say you had no student loan. I mean, how did that mm -hmm. come about? That's very unusual. Did, did, did you have rich parents or? <laughs> No, I did not have rich parents, uh, but I did have financially sound parents. And my mom is a financial expert. She has written 15 books. She's very she's known as America's family financial expert and told each of us I'm one of five kids. And so if they were paying for all of our college, that's a lot of money that they mm -hmm. didn't have or we would have to get student loans. And my mom always said to each of us that we don't get it. We don't go to the school that we can get into. We go to the school that we could afford. So, you know, applying for scholarships, looking for ways to either be in state or or not spend, you know, thousands of thousands of dollars on an education sure. that may or may not be worth it. And we're looking at a massive student loan crisis right now. And I'm incredibly grateful that my parents had those expectations for us, that it wasn't, you know, yes, you could get into a really amazing school like Harvard or, or MIT was not me, did not get into those schools. Right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't but, qualify either. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I went to a school where it was actually tuition was paid for by donors. And so I only ended up paying room and board and I had two jobs and an internship my my senior year. So I got a job. I was working really hard and was able through all of those things to graduate completely debt free. Wow. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. So you're you. in London. You're in London and, and you're obviously fascinated with, with I, I, when I say London, I'm generalizing, of course, but I'm sure you did spend <laughs> some time in London. But you wanted to, to travel frugally, obviously. So how did you go about that? I mean, I've I've done it. I've gone onto sites, you know, Travelocity and Expedia, and I think I'm getting a good deal. Am mm -hmm. I? Well, it depends. I think that's going to be my answer for a lot of these questions <laughs> is it depends. So right. when I lived in England, traveling Europe is so easy to do, so incredibly easy, but travel can be expensive, as we all know. Oh, it's kind of like saying a car is expensive, right? So yeah, a yeah. car can be very expensive if you're getting a Tesla, if you're getting, I don't know, Corvette or something just really pricey. Yeah, of course it can be really expensive, but there are other options out there like a Corolla or, you know, a used car or something like that. And so I'm more of a used car kind of travel person. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I don't, yeah. yeah, of course you can spend a ton of a ton of money on travel and it's really great and nice. But I use sites like TravelZoo.com. TravelZoo is my number one site that I visit anytime I'm looking to go on a trip. I was just on it yesterday. My husband and I were thinking of taking a trip. Travelzoo.com, again, the best site on the internet. Basically what it does is it curates all of the best deals across the entire World Wide Web and they compile it onto their website and tell you which ones are the best ones of the week or the month or whatever it is. They even have a top 20. You can get an email and I open that email every single week and I go, oh my goodness, a $350 all expense paid trip to China or a $799 trip to Ireland or there are just so many good deals. And so some of the things that I would recommend for people is to fly in a time like when you're flexible, that will be the cheapest travel you will ever have. So mm -hmm. if you have to go out and certain date or a certain time or a certain time of year, it could be very, very expensive. But if you alter it where you're going and let, let's say an off-peak travel season, I went to, not too long ago, I went to Fiji, New Zealand and Australia and I went oh. in the changing of seasons. And so I went in August, September, which in those countries, you know, it's the opposite of us. They have opposite seasons. And uh -huh. so it was going from winter into summer and it was very cold and rainy, but amazing. And our trip was half 
of what it would have been in the the high peak season. And so there are definitely deals out there knowing when to fly, knowing when to go. That's that's half of the battle right there. Mm, absolutely. Totally is. I, I, I've got a site that, uh, that might be similar to yours. It's um, scottscheapflights.com. And mm-hmm. that is a similar system that I, I get an email every couple of days with incredible prices. And uh, mm-hmm. although I haven't exploited it yet, I, I, I've got a sneaking suspicion that when you get these tags that suggest that the flight's going to be really cheap for you, and then when you try and book it, it's, <laughs> it's suddenly not, not as cheap as you anticipated. It's a bit like flying with Spirit. You think, oh, yeah. Spirit, what a wonderful airline. Oh, how cheap is that? Until you want to walk on the plane. If you want to walk on the plane, it's an extra fifteen bucks. If you, you know, if you want to, if you want to sit down on the flight, it's an extra thirty. Exactly. It, it's, just, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? I flew Spirit once and never again. Not because I didn't like it. Not because I have other airlines that I, I prefer. But I do remember with Spirit, at one point there was like smoke coming from the vents or something, and I was like, "Is this normal?" And then I start hearing like this cranking at the bottom of the plane like eh, eh. I was like oh my gosh this mm-hmm. is I don't know what's going to happen but um yeah so it's interesting with Scott's uh, Scott's cheap flights is that what it was yeah scottscheapflights.com yeah yeah, yeah. so often times with sites like that there's other similar ones like Max Vacay is one or oh it's like um <laughs> I cannot think of the name it but doesn't it's like matter. there's it doesn't error fares errors in fares uh, things like that. So that's often what happens is they'll find errors on sites of flights that weren't supposed to be that price. People book it and then it goes away. The only thing I would say about that is that sometimes when there is an error fare, the airlines will rectify the situation. So yeah. if you paid really, really cheap for a flight and you're like, oh my gosh, I just this is a steal. They're going to come back and say, actually, there is an error. It's actually going to be two, three hundred dollars or something. But yeah, but surely there's a legal, those- there's probably a legal price there because if they have put out an advertisement that is the wrong price it's not the buyer's fault so i would suggest in that in that instance i'd get my attorney on it straight away (laughs) (laughs) right i've never had that happen to me before but it is really cool to get those deals in your inbox and you're constantly thinking oh man i could go here i could go there these are all these places that i could go to and you see how expensive or inexpensive it can be and so i have one i I mentioned it. It's called Next Vacay. And they'll send me, you know, deals like from Los Angeles to New Zealand, $400 or from Los Angeles direct flights to London, $200 or something like that. And every once in a while, I'll open them up and just kind of dream a little. Uh, But those are an interesting thing about those is those are mostly flights. So just flights, nothing else. The thing I love about Travel Zoo is it has it all. It has flights, hotels, rental cars. A lot of times they'll have packages of things that you can Mm -hmm. get. So I mentioned I went to Fiji, New Zealand, Australia. That was a packaged deal. So it came with airlines, hotel and travel insurance for less than 2000 per person for 10 days, which we're naming, you know, we're, we're saying numbers here. I don't always say numbers, but for you, Brian, I will tell all the numbers and no secrets here. But I very very good. Very good. Yeah, (laughs) I was able to pay for that. And it was it was a deal. And I did my research and I called up triple A and I said, hey, I just want to make sure that I'm getting a good deal here. I want to go to these countries on these dates. What can you do for me? And I want it for this price. And she went and called her distributor. She called all these different people. And she came back on the phone and said, honey, I can't get you just your flights for that much money. You better book with them and not with Wow. And I've never had someone defer their business like that. Um, And it was a great deal. And it seemed a little too good to be true, but it wasn't. It was it was all true. And it was one of the best experiences of my entire life. I must admit, Spirit, um, I do fly them. Uh, when I fly to Guatemala because they go out of uh, Fort Lauderdale and it's only an hour and a half flight or two hours maybe tops. And the first time I went, and the only reason I would go to Guatemala is because the very first time I went, it was because they were opening up that route. And they Mm. did this ridiculous, 
ridiculous price of 36 pence round trip. What? Can you, can you believe that? No, I can't. <laughs> That's really? what they did. They did that for the opening week or two of their, I guess oh, it was a dry gosh. run. I guess they were doing like a dry run. I don't know. But I went and I fell in love with Guatemala and I, I've, mm. I've been going back consistently. I've been back about 10 times and one day I hope to, to possibly live there because it is such a beautiful, beautiful country to visit and uh, people don't go there very often it's it's it's, it's mm-hmm. more of a backpacking thing now do you cater is your system going to be more suited do you think to backpackers or is it is it more suited across the board to anyone that wants to travel i mean backpackers like to stay in hostels and and mm-hmm. the real real cheapest of the cheapest of the cheapest and uh <laughs> Which is fine, but, you know, I couldn't do it. I like a private bathroom. I like a private room. I don't want to be sharing it with a bunch of imbeciles. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't. I like my privacy. I want my internet. And uh, what is your experience of the best trip you've had? I completely agree with you. I also do not like staying in hostels. And sometimes I feel a little, not elitist saying that, but I don't, I have friends who would want to pay $10 a night to stay somewhere as cheaply as they can. I prefer to stay in hotels. That's just something that, you know, I, I feel like it's safer sometimes, especially if I'm traveling alone or if it's, you know, my, I'm traveling with my husband. He also just, we're, we're more hotel people than we are hostel people. And I say that in, in a sense of it depends. You have to decide what you want. And so you are saying that you like your own privacy. I also am the same way. But if someone is, is okay with staying in a hostel, I've also heard people who have had great experiences. I've also heard people who have had good time couch surfing. Maybe Mm -hmm. they'll go to a country and stay on somebody's couch. Airbnb is a really big thing. I have stayed in several Airbnbs across the world and they can Mm -hmm. be really incredible opportunities. I do believe that this system, if you will, it is what you make of it. If you shop on places like TravelZoo.com or uh, use other apps out there to get the best deals, usually it works, you know? The biggest thing I always say, though, is you have to be flexible. If you are wanting to travel in the summertime or when the cherry blossoms are out in Japan or when the Mm. new year is and wherever, you have to realize that you're going to be paying for that convenience. You will always pay for convenience. It doesn't matter if it's a hotel, if it's an airline, if it's a excursion that you're doing, you will always pay for convenience. So if you have that flexibility to be able to use that, then absolutely you can find the best deals on the internet just by researching them just by looking on these sites and just seeing what's available. Right, right, right. Talking of um, world travel, I mean, everyone now carries a smartphone and everybody, you can't put it down, can you? I mean, it's like you just got to have it with you at all times. So when you travel internationally, what is your solution to that? Is there a way of, um, I know you can get these unlocked phones. How do people deal with that? Do they, when they arrive in a foreign country and their phone service won't work until they do something? And I don't know what it is they have to do. Mm -hmm. So this is a great question because I love how the world is changing. They realize that that's a thing. They re- the world realizes the world is getting smaller, right? So mm-hmm. technology is always advancing. When I lived in England, there were these weren't options for me. Right. I right. had to get a cell phone in England, get a SIM card that was the cheapest of the cheap. It was like EE or something or like just something where I had basic minutes, didn't get data at all. And right. it was kind of a pain. In the butt. It was like as much as I could afford at the time. However, now when I travel, there's some really great things that you can do. Yes, you can get an unlocked cell phone. I have an unlocked cell phone. All I did was I went to my provider. I said, hey, I travel frequently. I'm always going to come back. I'm always going to stay with your service. Can you unlock my phone for me? I've been a great customer for you. I'm not leaving you kind of thing. And they unlocked my phone for free. Because oh, I didn't, they know I didn't that realize that they, that, that they would even mm-hmm. consider doing that. That's interesting. It depends on who you're with. I just went and I talked to the person face to face and I told them my situation. Look, I travel all the time and I'm going to have the cell phone. I'm going to come back. I'm going to keep paying my bills. I'm going to keep doing all those things. I'm not ditching you. I am just needing to get my cell phone unlocked so I can use it 
out there. And I landed in the London airport once and there's a vending machine. Yes, there is. With yes. SIM cards for you to just pop in your phone. Used it. Yes. It's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Now, yeah. that was a couple years ago. Now, this is very cool. Same service cell provider. They have something called Global Roaming. So they're partnering with other companies outside of the U.S. So again, I was in Europe. They would look for the company in Europe, connect to their cell phone coverage or whatever. They have some sort of deal with them. I just made sure before I left, I called them and say, hey, I have global roaming activated on my phone, right? And they're like, yeah, it's it's on all of our plans. And I go to that country. As soon as I land, it searches for this and it finds, they send me a text message and say, hey, Welcome to England. We're so excited you're here. If you want data, you can buy it for $7 for 24 hours or $20 for three days or whatever it is. They'll tell you what options you have available to you. And oftentimes, I know with mine, calls and texts are free. Wow. Right? So I- Can I, I, can I ask you one question? What is your, who is your service provider? Sprint. I have Sprint. Oh, I'm lucky. I'm surprised you can even make a call on, on, on Sprint. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, so they're great in other countries, not always great in the country I live in. Right. Right. The irony there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm with Verizon, and, and I'm I'm going to call them immediately after this mm-hmm. podcast and see if they would unlock my phone for me. I'm I'm going to be under the the idea that they're going to say absolutely not because hmm. I, I don't know what their system is. But that, that's very interesting. So you can actually get them to unlock your own personal cell phone in America mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you're with Sprint. Maybe it applies to other other carriers too. Did you, and then did you, you can go in person? The world. Did you go in person, Bethany, or did you call them? So I was in person. I did go in person. And the other thing I have to add is I was a customer of theirs for like seven years. So like they knew I wasn't going to ditch them anytime right. soon. And so I think that had part of it too. If you're like, hey, I've been a loyal customer to you. And I did go, I went in person, they did it right there and it was super easy. Wow. I'm going to do this tomorrow. I will okay. go in person. Tell me tomorrow. what happens. <laughs> I feel like you're going to go in and they're going to be like, I'm sorry, no, Brian. <laughs> we can't do that for <laughs> and you. And I'm going to say, well, no, you're going to because Beth Bayless <laughs> has told me you're going to do it. And that's the end of the story. Right? <laughs> Or do you, yeah. I could go in with that, that, you and just be maybe like, you should hey, take her hey. along. I don't know. <laughs> maybe well, it's going to be a bit tricky, isn't it? Because she's in. You're in Los Angeles, Beth. Get, get, get I real. Am. Come on. I Let, am. Let's, okay. Are you doing? Are you smoking? Are you smoking something today, Beth? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is legal. <laughs> It is legal indeed. Yes, it totally. is. Uh, and I can I can testify to that. Um, <laughs> what about, um, in fact, I'm stoned out of my mind as we speak. Um, I, I'm not really. I'm just joking. Um, what about travel insurance, Bethany? Is that a good idea? And uh, because I've been I've been under the impression that travel insurance is a bit of a con. Is it? Mm. Well, let me ask you a question. Can I answer your question with another question? Absolutely. Do you think health insurance is important? This might open up a totally different conversation that I didn't mean to. Well, that's fine. <laughs> well, I suppose it's. I suppose it is important. I tend to travel without medical insurance, and I don't really know why. Mainly, I think because of the places that I go to are so cheap. I mean, I, I know that in Guatemala, a friend of mine was taken suddenly ill with a, a, a ruptured appendix, hmm. and uh, they took her into Guatemala City, and it, he, she was looked after by American doctors in a very modern hospital, and the whole bill was seven hundred bucks. Yeah. So, so this is what I would say. This is what I would say to that. So it's very similar to any insurance we have here, right? Whether it be health insurance, car insurance, property insurance, things like that. Like I have my engagement ring insured, right? It's it's less than what uh-huh. I paid for it every single month. And it's going to take 54 years for that price to equal what I ended up paying for the, the ring, right? So oftentimes it's it better be less than what you paid for your trip, significantly less. I would I would say it's normally anywhere between like 10% of what you paid for your trip. That's kind of my experience of what I've found. It's not that mm-hmm. expensive, but here's the thing. Sometimes you don't need it, right? You might pay for it and not use it at all. However, I have had experiences and I've had personal friends who have had experiences when you have had to use it and you're grateful that you have it. So for example, one of my friends, we were traveling in Thailand together. And the thing about travel insurance is that it's not just health insurance. Like 
I don't think you can use it for health insurance if you have an issue. It's if you have to cancel your flight or your trip or anything, you don't want to be out right. all of that money be just because what happened to you, right? So all of a sudden you get sick. Not only do you not get to go on this amazing trip that you planned, but you also have to pay for this trip you didn't even go on. And right, so there's right. been two yeah. examples. I was in Thailand visiting a friend. Her father suddenly passed away while we were on this trip. And she used her travel insurance to cut this trip short and to go home instead. And they, the travel company arranged for that to happen for her because, you know, she wasn't able to finish the trip. She had to all of a sudden book a ticket for the next day. And it was just a a big, big mess. So not only was she dealing with this horrible thing that happened to her, but on top of that, her travel insurance was able to help. And if she hadn't have had that, it would have made the problem even worse. Another example is that I myself, my husband and I were going to go on a fun weekend getaway to San Francisco. So not that big of a deal. And I Uh got violently ill. the night before and it was horrible and there was no way I was able to get on the plane that day and thankfully my flight had insurance on it I called them I said there is no way that I physically can make the flight today and make my trip and they reimbursed me at no cost to myself so again there are times that you can you'll use it if you want to take that risk go for it there's zero judgment here you're just going to probably if something on the you know something happens it's always good to have well, you see, it, it's a bit different, uh, you know, for me, because I, I, I normally travel professionally. So, you know, all that stuff is, is pretty much taken care of and I don't mm-hmm. really even have to worry about anything. But um, what specific advice do you do you have? Like, so let's pretend that um, there's a single girl who who just has had well, like, pretty much like 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 you did. What mm-hmm. advice can you give to a single girl, you know, a very attractive five foot ten, slim, beautiful, innocent looking girl um, traveling alone let's say to somewhere like I don't know anywhere anywhere what advice what what, what are the safety tips for for women um, because obviously different customs in different countries different things can happen I, I'm guessing mm-hmm. absolutely and and right now solo travel for females is very in these days lots and mm. lots of females are taking solo trips and a lot of it has to do with you know what we're not waiting for we're not waiting around for anyone to go with us. If we can't find somebody to go, then we're not waiting around. We're going to just do it. Or oftentimes women will find just this in this sense of, of freedom and independence and self-efficiency that is incredibly empowering. And I have traveled solo. I've gone, again, my favorite country, England. I have gone many times by myself. And there are things that you need to keep in mind that I always keep in mind. First of all, I love this saying, and you said that we're allowed to say things that are maybe not PG. And so if my father is listening, I I deeply apologize. (laughs) But fuck politeness. Because here's the thing. I do not owe anyone anything. I don't own strangers anything. And oftentimes, I feel like as women, that's where we get into situations where we can compromise ourselves or our safety or or something like that. So I don't trust anyone. I don't I don't let myself be you know, I, I don't often I'll talk to strangers, but I'm not going to go anywhere with them. I'm not going to be overly kind to them in ways that that I don't owe that to them. And so right. I would rather pay for a taxi as opposed to, you know, taking the subway if I'm alone at night. There's just certain things that I will pay a little bit extra so that I know right. I'm safe. Other things, I always travel with pepper spray. I put it in my checked luggage when I'm in the airport. And then I always have it on my keychain just because that's something that that makes me feel a little bit safer when I'm going places. Um, yeah. And I would also say, you know, there are places to travel as a solo female. There are also not as good places to travel as a solo female, if that makes sense. Okay, so, let, 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 let's 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 get into that then. I mean, yeah. where would you not not suggest a woman to go? Oftentimes, I mean, we know Baghdad's out, right? <laughs> Nobody so should I, go. <laughs> 
there there are places where females are just not seen as equal as as other mm-hmm. people. So like you said, Baghdad, a lot of, of those countries, I just wouldn't I personally wouldn't travel by myself. A lot of places in the Middle East, maybe um, some places that are just not known for their safety. Like I probably right. wouldn't travel to certain Asian countries by myself or things like that. However, countries like Europe, I would probably go anywhere in Europe by myself. Yeah. I, f- I see those yeah. as very yeah. safe. I, anywhere in Europe, obviously, as... <laughs> I'm just I'm thinking yeah. of all these countries that I've been to by myself, but yeah. Well, let's let's say Greece. What, what would you say about Greece? Is that a, a safe place to go? Like it's in Europe, I suppose. So yeah, you're right. It would be so relatively safe. It's relatively safe, but again, you just have to be alert. You have to be on edge. <laughs> Most of the time. So I have been to Greece. I was there the week after a riot in the middle of Thessaloniki. That's where I was. Uh It wasn't it's not the beautiful Santorini parts of Greece. I was there with other people and I did feel safe at the time. But you never know what's going to happen. You never know where you're going to be if there's something going on. And I I would say go to certain places that are very touristy, you know, that you're not alone, yeah. not in the middle of nowhere. You're not in these places where there aren't a lot of people who who look like you or or different things like that. That's just again, this is a very personal decision for everyone. So there are women out there who feel very comfortable anywhere in the world, I would just say, take a look at head time, do your research. I'm also a part of, as a, a woman, I'm a part of groups that of other women travelers and ask for advice. I ask for, you know, who has been here solo? Is this a safe country to go to? And you're going to get the gamut of, yes, it's super safe. Or this is what I would say. Be careful about these things. Be careful about pit pocketers yeah. or be careful about those. And I mean, there's that's other things that I mean, I always carry with a person that I can clutch in my, you know, it goes over my shoulder. It's always locked or zipped or buckled or whatever that is. And I always keep a hold of it. And I I never want someone to think that I'm an easy target. And so right. I always make sure I have my resting bitch face on, like I'm <laughs> ready to go. This is a totally a thing. When I lived in Chicago, just walking the street, you know, you have your resting bitch face on that says, don't mess with me. And there have been several occasions once I was walking with my mom in San Diego of all places and I felt like we were being followed by someone and you know some people might be like oh come on Bethany you probably weren't but if you have that gut feeling always go with your gut and so what I did was I grabbed my mom's arm I turned around and I started walking towards the guy who was following us he immediately turned on his heel and sped away in the other direction on foot on foot sped away like immediately and so i looked at my mom she goes was that the guy i said yeah and so what you do is you turn you face your attacker or you face wherever and it oftentimes will scare them because they weren't expecting it they're they're looking for an easy target right they're looking for a real simplistic target and uh they don't want to get caught up in a in a fracas. So exactly. So what I do in those situations, darling, I don't know if anyone else has ever thought about doing this, but I do it every time I go. I I get a, a different wallet. I have two wallets. I have my, my hmm. real one, and I've got this fake one. And in the fake one, I put a few pounds in, or or or, or Guatemala money, or whatever, just a, just a mm-hmm. few dollars, you know. And I put in a whole bunch of old run out credit cards so when they when they get it they look they open it up and they take off they think they've got a, <laughs> a bounty but they've got absolutely nothing mm-hmm. that's a great yeah idea. that's Which a I great like. i like that that's a great idea and it's different it is different with men and women because you probably do you keep that in your back pocket yep yep so we yep. oftentimes will keep it in our purse and there will be times if if you're being mugged or if you're being stolen or, or being robbed, not being stolen. Um, put it in, in a purse. I've, not, I've never been stolen. Actually. <laughs> You've never been, been stolen. Times. I was like, that's a whole nother problem, no. uh, right well, there. Well, there was that's a woman a back in the problem. back in the eighties, but uh, she tried to steal <laughs> oh, me, but it didn't quite didn't quite work out. She brought him back. <laughs> oh, I speak yeah. English so well. Um, but oftentimes <laughs> we'll keep that in our purse. So something that I have done. Um, so for women on the outside, oftentimes what will be stolen is jewelry, and so I. Whenever I travel to other countries, I wear a fake wedding ring, like yep. with a fake yep. diamond. I'm wearing one right now as we speak. It's 
worth $25. And it looks... Well, you are in Los Angeles. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But it almost looks like it could be worth more than that. Um, So certain things, I just, as, as an instinct, I just don't. I don't travel with my expensive jewelry. I leave that at home with my husband <laughs> when I'm traveling by Oh, myself. so he, he, st- he just stays at home, right? <laughs> I, I, he'll do as he's damn told, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Not exactly. Um, so he has a, a nine-to-five job, and I am an entrepreneur with a more flexible schedule. So I'll travel for work yeah. and for, for just seeing friends or something. And unfortunately, he has a job. What what are those? And um, yeah. he and I, something that he and I have started doing is we're traveling during the holidays now. So when he has time off, sometimes a week, sometimes more than that, we'll we'll just go somewhere, somewhere fun together. I'm just thinking now of, of all the times that I have traveled and I, I've got through so many. I'm, I'm changing subjects slightly here, but um, no problem. I've got through so much luggage, so much luggage that, that has just fallen apart. I've bought cheap luggage thinking now oh, it'll last me a few trips you know but it doesn't it just falls apart it's 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 rubbish so now i buy what is called high-end luggage and uh it certainly seems to be the best way to go is that true it completely <laughs> completely depends on how often you travel so i travel frequently i am on the road two three times a month and i i was struggling for a while with some cheap luggage. And so you read in my bio, I am a professed nerd, a geek, if you will. And so for about two or three years, I traveled with an R2-D2 suitcase. He he looks like R2-D2, like full on. I will send you pictures. And I loved it. He was very easy to spot. I got lots of comments, lots of attention. Whenever I was traveling with him, he was about $100 which I would say is on the lower end. Um, And so he started to fall apart. His zippers were breaking. His wheels were breaking. He was just really struggling. And so I moved on to a more expensive luggage. So I have gone with the Away luggage. Have you heard of Away? I have never heard of that particular brand. No, no. They're very, they're getting very popular. I'm writing it down. Mm -hmm. I can send you a link. Yes, please. The the things that I found is that I noticed that... Flight attendants tend to use all the same luggage, as do as indeed do mm. pilots. Mm-hmm. So I asked them where I could buy this luggage, and it's very easy. And it is not particularly expensive compared to some of the higher-end things. And I, I've totally travel wheels or something. I, I can't remember mm-hmm. what it's called, but every flight attendant and every pilot has it. It's actually an, a, a, an aluminum-based bag. It, it's um, incredibly strong, a little heavy, but um, it, it's the most amazing luggage. You can do whatever you want to it because inside it's supported by metal and or yeah. aluminum. Well, um, the thing that I love about the Way luggage, it also has a very durable material. It has been tested through, like they have, you know, Know, videos of somebody jumping on it or whatever but it's extremely lightweight and the cool thing oh. about a away luggage is it is also measured to fit in the overhead bin space on almost every single airline and i haven't had one problem my a luggage also has a battery inside of it and so it just pops in and out and it is up to five full phone charges in this battery that goes directly into my luggage and the only thing that they've asked me to do is to remove it before so if i have my carry-on i'll put my carry-on up and my uh battery has to go with me in my you know personal items but it's amazing battery has extremely long life and it also has a built-in tsa lock i don't know if you're interested in those things but it's built in right I there very much am, your luggage yeah. uh-huh and i don't have to worry about locks or fidgeting with any of those things and it has this is what i love most about it again it was a little bit more pricey so it was between like two or three hundred dollars for a carry-on which it was a splurge for me i saved up for it because I travel so much. It has a lifetime guarantee. So if it does break, if it does have something wrong with it, they give me a completely lifetime guarantee. So I'm always going to have this luggage. And if anything happens, they're going to fix it or replace it for absolutely no price. And so I think that's another thing when you go to with more expensive luggage, they'll come with a guarantee that you'll be replaced. Unfortunately, R2 
R2-D2 did not have <laughs> the same coverage. And he is now mm. wasting away in a closet somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I know that situation. I've got about 10 bags, which I've, <laughs> you know, retired from their tripping. Where would you say is the most interesting place you have actually been to that you've that you've and I don't mean just for the sake of uh, of its cheapness or it, or its cost cost availability. Mm-hmm. Which which country really really got you your juices going? You know, you really loved it and you fell in love with the place. This is a great question because I feel like there are so many good answers to this, right? It's like children, like you can't just <laughs> choose one. Like which is your favorite dog? Like you can't pick which one. Each have their own quirks. They all have their own Oh, I can, I can I can you. choose a favorite dog. I've got one <laughs> okay. favorite dog and I, and, and, and I beat mind. the rest. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um <laughs> well then with that analogy, I would go with my favorite. I think one of the reasons it's it is my favorite is because I just fell in love with it. I felt like as soon as I landed, I felt like I was at home and I felt like I could live there. And that was New Zealand. I just hmm. love New Zealand. And this is why I think. I felt like it was if America and Great Britain had a baby, it would be New Zealand because I felt (laughs) the similarities from both countries in one. But it was also just extremely beautiful. And the people were so kind. And I loved it. It's a great place to go adventuring. I went to um, Hobbiton while I was there. I got to be in the Shire for a while. And who wouldn't want to live in the Shire? Well, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure what a shire is, <laughs> even, even though uh, oh, I, I was I was I was born in England um, in in a place called Portsmouth, which is in a, a, a borough called Hampshire. So mm. I should know what it is. I'm guessing it's a some sort of a bush. Or <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's I, another. I really don't know. It's another geeky reference. And it's actually from uh, Lord of the Rings. So where the hobbits live is the Shire. And it's just Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense coming from Portsmouth. Yeah. (laughs) It's just this beautiful land of green. So basically, (laughs) yeah, so basically you're saying I'm a hobbit, which is, (laughs) you know, that that brings this podcast to an immediate end. Uh, Thanks a lot. Hey, I identify as a hobbit. I'll just let you know. It's funny, I actually... I wrote a piece on this once, the difference, and now I'm going off subject, but the difference between a hobbit and a dwarf. And again, I don't know if you even saw the hobbit. You didn't, you know, it might not be something you did. But for those people that do, um, hobbits are just people who love where they live. They're very particular about what they like and they're very uh they like their books and their fireplace and their their way of life and in the hobbit um bilbo baggins is helping the dwarves help go go back to their home and there's a point where he runs away because he doesn't want to and he comes back and he says you know yeah i i really like where i'm from i like where i live i'm very persnickety about these things but that's my home. That's that's where I, I hmm. settle down and I love to be. And you don't have a home. And if I can help you find your home, then that's what I'm going to do. And then he goes off and they, you know, go through all the adventures. But I just that resonated with me in a way of I was a dwarf for the longest time. You know, when I lived in England, that wasn't quite my home. I moved around to so many different places and it just didn't quite feel like home. And then I right. became a hobbit and found a place that home is where the people that I love are and I love traveling mm. and I always love coming home. Uh, is a so big I, I'm begging to ask you. I, I'm begging to ask you how tall you are because you keep referring to dwarfs and hobbits. I mean, <laughs> I know they're not terribly. Yeah. <laughs> Again, only references to folklore. <laughs> but okay. I'm five nine. Okay. I don't know if that helps. That's very. That's a, a good height for a woman. I, I, mm, I'll give I know. You that. Um, yeah. So so Beth. What is still on your bucket list? What is what is there that you haven't done that you feel you really want to go there and 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 experience it? I, although I, you might have been everywhere by now. <laughs> I wish I am. I have not been everywhere. There are a few people that have. There are a few people mm. out there that have been to every single country. I am not one of them. My goal is to go to thirty countries by the time I'm thirty, and I'm telling you. 
almost how old I am. Um, but I <laughs> have I'm at about 28 countries um, in the vast scheme. I think it's not the 240 something countries, but it's a good amount. Um, I, it is. I have a lot of places on my bucket list. I feel like everywhere is on my bucket list. You know, I haven't been everywhere, but it's on my list. But I, my husband and I were just talking about this of, you know, places that we could go. I would love to go to South America. I've never been to anywhere in South America. And I would love to go to Peru and and see Machu Picchu. I would love to go to yeah. Argentina. I would love to go to Brazil. You know, all these places. I speak a tiny bit of Spanish. And so I feel like I could get around a little bit. Um, I would also love to go to um, anywhere in Africa. Africa is a very big continent. Continent. There are lots of places to go there. Um, one of my top places to go is South Africa. I would really love mm. to go to Cape Town and to see. I have friends who live out there. There's just so, so many places. And I feel like my goal is to go to, as a frugal person who doesn't have, you know, tons and tons of money, I go to one to two international trips a year. So one mm -hmm. for sure, always making sure that I'm just, I'm taking off a little bit of my bucket list at a little bit at a, at a time. And the next destination for my husband and I is we really want to go to a place like we don't know why we did this but we went and like explored Europe at the worst times to go like it's cold oh, and freezing and you windy. went midwinter yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just you I know, have never not I have never experienced cold like I did in Paris in January uh, uh, I have never felt a wind so cutting it beats Michigan I tell uh, you right now it's absolutely bitter yeah my husband and I went this last Christmas we went to Copenhagen Denmark and Finland our goal was to see the northern mm. lights that's definitely on my bucket list because it has not happened we've been to Iceland and Finland both in hopes of seeing the northern lights it never happened because they're so persnickety yeah. you never know when they're going to be there and we went to the Arctic right, Circle right. In Finland. Ooh, I've, I've been up there. Yeah. In the dead of winter. Yeah. It was fun. Like it, we stayed in an igloo, not one made out of ice. It was like a little tiny glass cabin. And it was in the dead of winter. And we're from California. Like we don't get snow. And so that was an right. adventure of itself. But after three days, we were kind of like, all right, we're ready to go home now. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I bet. I bet. John, do you have any questions for our esteemed guest? Uh, you've been very quiet today. John is my engineer and my, my guest seeker. And uh, he normally comes in. And also, I'm amazed I haven't received a phone call from a guy called Little Bob, Little Bobby, who who, who I'm sure can't relate to this. To yeah, this, he's, um, he's probably never podcast. left his the town he lives in. So, you know, he's probably... I don't think he has. I don't think he... You know, I don't think he's ever left his uh, the place of his birth. <laughs> he was born in the cabin that he lives in, and uh, he's an interesting chap. He, he wants to be my friend, so he he calls in on on every every. He knows when the podcast is being put together so he tends to call in and when it's live it's embarrassing but so far he hasn't called so today's a good day so <laughs> let, me, let me just um ask you this this uh, i'm sorry john you, you wanna, i did you have a question. Ask a question i I'm did sorry. have a question i'm old um so you know uh, travel agents gosh you know i mean everybody you know at one point always used a travel agent now everybody goes to expedient websites and stuff like that is there ever are there ever cases where you should go see a travel agent? That is a great question. And yes, there are cases where you should see a travel agent. This is one of my biggest suggestions and again, I don't I don't know. This might fit for you, it might not. I prefer to book it on my own just to find the best deals because I feel like travel agents aren't always good deal seekers. So they're not on these no. cheap websites. They're not on, you know, they're looking for the basic like this is what it's going to be. What days do you want to fly? This is how much it's going to cost. However, we have used a travel agent when using credit card points. So we we had American Express credit card points. Mm -hmm. 
And they, I, we went to a travel agent who dealt with those specifically. They knew how to book them, how to convert them, how to do I didn't even want to deal with it because using my credit card points can be such a hassle trying to yeah. figure out the website, trying to get all these. It's just, I even don't like it. Or calling on the phone is just like, don't, please, please don't make me do that. I would rather chew glass or something than to call mm. and use my credit card points. But using a travel agent when you have credit card points is a great great a great way to use them and you do have to obviously pay the travel agent um there's that but i did it for the convenience i'm like please just take care of it and they've got us some great deals they look up these places and um it really has worked out for us but again not the most frugal option when using a tribal agent. What about tours? No. What about tours? Do you, you know organized to again? Maybe I'm. It's because I'm. Oh, old. it's because I'm old. <laughs> but but I'm just. I'm asking. Is are there? I mean, because um, you know, I have some family members that have done that and really enjoyed it. And what what do you think about that? Is there ever a time when a, a tour is a good thing to do? Absolutely, I have been on so many tours and I love the tour guides that we get. My When my husband and I went on our honeymoon, we basically just did tours the whole time and we made so many friends. People were so nice to us. We were honeymooning. We got free things. That's not that's not the reason to book tours though. But I had <laughs> really great experiences and they are so knowledgeable when it comes to these. A great site for that. It's called Via Tour or Viator, however you choose to pronounce it. it's v as in victor i a t o r dot com they have some great deals on excursions on tours that you can take when my mom and i recently were in england on business and we wanted to go see stonehenge and so we looked at at Viator and we took a group tour up to Stonehenge from London and it was an all day thing and it worked out really really well I mean there could be I could try to do that myself but it's super convenient when you have a bus full of people also looking to do that and a tour guide who's really knowledgeable another example is when I went to Austria we went on <laughs> And th this is just me personally. So if you're interested in something specific and they have tours with other people who find it really fun and fascinating, you're just going to have more fun, I think. So I'm a big fan of the sound of music ever since I was younger. Like I was in the mm. play when I was in high school. I was almost Maria, but I wasn't cast as her. Let's not talk about it because it's still very <laughs> a sore subject. Very traumatic. traumatic. Um, one day I might be Maria, <laughs> but we went on the sound of music and we were driving through these places where they they had you know where they had filmed it and they told us all the things our tour guy was just aghast he was amazing he was so funny and um, we're traveling through the hills and they're playing the soundtrack the whole time and this one at one point we're going through the mountains we're in the Alps and they start playing Edelweiss which is this really beautiful touching song Edelweiss, and this guy Edelweiss. my father used cry. to sing that all the time I know it's a wonderful song it's it really beautiful is. and we're traveling through these beautiful mountains and right behind me is this man who has the most beautiful singing voice other than yours Brian it was so gorgeous <laughs> and he's singing this song behind me and I started tearing up like just that emotion of of real where you are in like this nostalgia and this beautiful just experience. I will always remember it. And that was because we went on a tour. We went with a group of wow. people and it was a great, great experience. Yeah, I, I guess it can be fun. But for me, I don't think I'd, I'd enjoy it particularly because I like independence. I like to get a quirky, you know, if I want to do something quirky, I want to bugger off and do it and not be conforming to the general populace on the bus or, or on the or, or on a, I don't like cruises either to be honest with you I don't like cruises <laughs> too many people you know too many people yes. want to eat at the same time as I do I, I don't like it it's um you know it it just gets old very old very quick changing subject again just a little tiny mm -hmm. bit I want to book a trip I don't know what to do. I go, I know I can use Expedia. I know I could call the airlines themselves. Is there a day? Because I've heard friends of mine have, have suggested that there are certain days of the week 
that if you book on a certain day, you get cheaper deals. Is that true or is that not? Yes, there is truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. So it depends on when they're running the sales. So oftentimes certain airlines will have sales on certain days of the week and not others. It not only matters when the day you book your ticket, it also matters on the day you fly. So there can be one day Mm. that a lot of people are flying like on a Friday or Saturday or the day before after Christmas or certain things like that, that is always going to be more expensive. And there's a really great tool that I use. It's an app that you can download. It's called Hopper, H-O-P-P-E-R. It'll tell you not only the, the right days to buy your tickets. So it'll say this price could it potentially go down in price, wait, and we'll alert you when it's the best time yeah. to buy your ticket. Or this is the best price that we have seen. You know, we've done, they're looking at the data. They have all their little computer minds going and they say, this is the best price we've seen. You should probably book it now. And then it'll also give you the best days to fly. And obviously, hmm. again, we've already talked about going off peak season, but if you have a little bit of flexibility in where, you know, what day you're even just wait a day or go a day earlier or something like that. Hopper, it's all color coordinated. It's, you know, red are the bad days. Green are the good days. And then there's orange, which is somewhere in between. And you can just do a lot of research and I'll sit down and I'll just play around with that thing and just see, oh, what if we go on this day? Or what if we go over here? And it's telling me to wait. So I'm going to watch this trip and it'll alert me when a good price is going on and just kind of playing that by ear a little. Yeah. I, I actually have Hopper as an app. It's a free app. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you can completely find it free. At your uh, app store. Yeah, and it, it is quite quite clever actually how they do it. I've used it several times. It's it steered me wrong on one of them, but uh, oh no, it, it was a very good. Yeah, but it's all right. Um, so I was going to ask you this: the best time of year to travel. I mean, let's say I guess it changes, doesn't it? Because it depends where you're going to, mm-hmm. not where you're coming from. Um, Mm. So would you say that um, the price differential between, let's just say, Australia or New Zealand, let's say you went, um, you wanted to get a break out of the States in midwinter, you'd then be approaching New Zealand and and Australia in midsummer. Is that more Mm. expensive than, uh, than the reversal? Yes. It is. It, it definitely is more expensive. Summer is the the most popular time to fly. Everybody wants to go in summer. It doesn't matter which summer it is. If it's in Australia, it's going to be more expensive just because it's a great time to go. I mean, who doesn't want to see like Australia in the summertime when it's beautiful and it's not rainy and cold and, and all of these things? You get to do more. You get to experience more. Um, so, yeah, definitely those peak seasons, I would say if you have a specific destination in mind, do your research. Just Google peak season of fill in the blank. And I would say just as a rule of thumb, again, the changing of the seasons. So fall or spring are oftentimes the best times to travel. Uh, I mean, there Mm. might be a holiday here and there that nobody wants to fly on. It's not often the case, but changing of seasons. So the best tickets that I have found have been September, October, November or February, Mm. March, April. Those are, I mean, I was just doing some research yesterday to go to the Bahamas because I've never been. And oh, come on. (laughs) Never. I've never been. You're on that side of the country. (laughs) Not once. (laughs) I've been to all these places out here on the West side. You know, I've been to Mexico many, many times, but I've never been to, I, I need to explore more tropical. Like we, my husband and I keep talking about, we always go to Europe at these horrible times, but we really need to go to a tropical place and enjoy yeah. that. And so that's kind of our next goal, like Jamaica or, or Cuba or uh, the Bahamas. It's definitely our next idea of where we're going to go. And I was looking at those prices and we're trying to go at Christmas, like, like we talked about. And those are okay like they're not the best. And then I look two months later yeah. at the end of January and they're like $200 for an all-inclusive four-night stay or something like oh that. Oh my goodness. I know. There's all these deals out there and it's the time that you go. Nobody, I guess, I guess everyone's doing a really good job of eating in January. They're doing a great job of like cutting back on, you know, going back to work and working and making money instead of spending money and all that. Yeah. But I can't believe all the deals I was finding. But of course, I don't have 
that flexibility, but somebody who does have right. that flexibility can take advantage of those good deals. Well, I, I kind of have that flexibility. I can work whenever I wish, although I wish mm-hmm. I had more work, but uh, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> what about currency? I mean, should you exchange for local currency or, or sh- sh- where should you change it? Should you do it in America or should mm. you do it and wait until you get to your destination? So this you know, is my biggest or, or should you carry any cash? I mean, I, I'm not sure if you should just use a credit card or cash. I love this question because it's it's very important. One, never exchange cash at an airport. It is the most expensive way to get ah. cash. At the airport, exchange currencies, whether it's here or there, wherever you're going, the airport itself is the highest exchange rate. My suggestion would be is to get a debit card um, wherever you bank or wherever you choose, get a debit card. And I would get cash out at, if you want to carry cash, you don't have to. Um, I do suggest carrying a little just in case you're in a taxi that doesn't take cards or if you have to, mm-hmm. you know, pay for food that doesn't take cash. Like just always having a little is good. But I always make sure that I have a debit card that one doesn't have any international fees. So I make sure I call my bank. I'm like, hey, I'm going to these places. I don't want to be charged every single time I use my card. What can you do about that? And so I bank with USAA. They're my bank because my dad was in the military. And so I am able to use, they have zero interaction or international fees. And I do use Mm. my debit card wherever I can. And then I get cash out. Getting cash out at the airport isn't bad. It's just if you're exchanging like dollar bills for pounds or for whatever currency is there. But of course, mm-hmm. that's that's what most people do because it's so simple. You just when you get that, you just take your money out your pocket, exchange it, and then you're done. So I, mm-hmm. I understand that. Now, another thing that really interests me is that um, when I travel, one of my priorities is 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 Wi-Fi. And mm. I know that now the world is becoming smaller due to Wi-Fi and and, and the rest of it. But um, how safe is it to use public Wi-Fi? Is it is there something you can do to make sure that people and I'm guessing that people can jump into your bank account or whatever on your cell? Is it safe? Is it is it? Well, this is this is interesting because you, you're right. It is not safe to use Wi-Fi even in the United States. So using public no. Wi-Fi is always a risk. So never, ever, ever, ever look at private, like confidential bank details or, you know, things like that anywhere, even in the United States, but it's the same abroad. So be very careful about what you do. Something I would suggest, and this is what I have on my phone, is to get like a VPN or something that can help you when it comes to masking your IP address or something like that, or they can alert you when there's a possible way that someone could hack into your phone. Um, I... I love my VPN for two reasons. One, it does help when it comes to security, but I'm still not going to open and look at my bank details or take pictures of my credit cards or buy things and enter my credit card information on public Wi-Fi. Just that's not a smart thing to do anyway, especially when you're Hmm. traveling abroad. But using my VPN does two things. It helps protect that. Again, I usually in the comfort of my hotel room or something like that. And two, it will actually mask your IP address. And the one that I have will give you an IP address to in any country. So I can get a U.S. IP address and still watch the TV shows from America while I'm abroad. So that was a big deal when I lived in England. I wasn't able to watch my American TV shows because of privacy and uh, licensing and all of those things. And I now am able to even watch my British TV shows in America. America using a VPN because it's also it's it's also very secure. That's very interesting that you mentioned that because I know that um, I like to watch British television here at the house and and you can't mm. do that officially. Mm-hmm. But I have found an app which everyone should have on their Android phone. If you have an Android phone, this is the best app in the history. You have to you have to open up your access to outside downloads on your on your Android. But it is called Mobdro or Mob hmm. Modbro Mob Mobdro. Um, I'm not sure what the spelling M O D B R O or is M O B D R O. I'm not sure. Um, it's the most amazing app. Because I can watch television from around the world live 
free. Oh, that's so Absolutely interesting. Absolutely free. Yeah. yeah. It only works on Androids. It doesn't work on oh. the iPhone, which is... Well, um, lame. So, I have an iPhone. But it, no, it's not really because I know, but I I, I, I actually, what I did, I, I bought a cheap, you can buy an Android tablet for, for next to oh, nothing nowadays. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I did. I bought a couple of Android tablets and I can now watch. It's amazing. On Wi-Fi, I can watch live TV from, from just about every country in the world. It's absolutely amazing. Hmm, it really that is. That is very cool. And it's totally and utterly free. <laughs> Well, I think we're coming to the end of our little podcast. I really enjoyed this. This has been interesting. I know now how to buy luggage. I know how to be careful with Wi-Fi in public places. I know good booking sites. I'm going to check out the uh, Away Luggage, it's called. Yes, Away Luggage. Is that what you said? Away Mm -hmm. Luggage. I need to check that out because I do need to buy another bag that's going to be successfully transported around the world at uh, at great speed. So... I would like to thank you very much, Bethany. It's been marvellous. I, I really enjoyed it. I've learned such a lot. Let me just conclude this by asking John if he has any other questions, because John always has the killer question. Always. No, no pressure at all. Actually, what I was going to ask Bethany is I know, I was looking at her website, I know she's got a couple things that she's involved with. Uh, one thing called Heroes at Home. And then another- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then another thing is she has her own podcast that you, your listeners should go check out. So I just wanted to hit her up about that stuff. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, we do have a Heroes at Home. So what happened was I had moved home from England. Um, I had, you know, had worked for charity, wasn't making a lot of money. And at the time, my mom, who I had mentioned, she is, you know, America's family financial expert. She wrote all these books. She had a deal with the military at the time for a live event for our service members that taught them financial education. And so I started working Mm. for her. We kept our identities a secret (laughs) for many years for several reasons. One of them was that when people found out we were related, they thought it was nepotism and that it was more like uh, we were doing each other a favor when in actuality we were trying to be very professional and do a great work. And so Heroes at Home is a nonprofit organization. And again, we teach financial education to military members around the world. And so we've been able to do a lot of travel when it comes to that. But also we go on to military bases and have an event where we are able to teach them basic financial principles like budgeting, talking about money with your spouse or or what it looks like to have credit. What does your credit score mean? How do you get a free credit score or retirement? How do I save for that? What's up with these things in the military that I have no idea what they stand for? You know, um, all mm-hmm. of those things. And so we're able to teach them these things um, through this program. And it's completely free to military members because we are supported by donors. And so so we get sponsorship and we're able to take this free of charge just so that we can equip our military members around the world, wherever they're stationed, with good financial habits. Because oftentimes we find that financial readiness is directly related to military readiness. And so if if we want them to be doing the best that they can, we want them to be financially secure at home. And so um, it was a, it's a great program. Something that we did from that is we got a lot of feedback that – People wanted something that they could tune into when we weren't having the event. And so we, my mom and I, we were at every single event. I was the MC, also talking about travel. My mom is, you know, the founder CEO who also gives this piece Mm. at the very end of the events, just saying, you know, we love you. We're so proud of what you're doing. You really matter to us. And we're, we're grateful for you. And um, yeah. So we took those things and we created a podcast that's called The Money Millhouse. And it's just me and my mom. We've come out. Everyone knows now that we are related. <laughs> we feel like we established ourselves <laughs> enough that people don't think that um, I'm her Well, I've heard the rumors. I, I had heard the rumors. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I knew it. <laughs> and, and Bethany. I knew it. <laughs> and your mom's name is? Her name is Ellie Kay. 
Um, and I actually changed, I quote unquote, changed my name when we worked together. So I went by a different name. So people didn't know. So it was, it's this funny thing, but we just sit down every single week and we, we think we're funny. Like, you know, those people you love talking to. Well, my mom and I love just talking to each other and we talk about money and finances and, and those things that people might think are not fun things to talk about we try to have fun while doing it just having conversations so you can find us at themoneymillhouse.com all right moneymillhouse.com and on that note we're going to say good night bethany or good morning or good afternoon thank you very much for uh joining us i I really have appreciated it bethany bayless yeah well-seasoned traveler of the frugal kind Thank you very much for tuning in. As you're listening to How About That with myself, Brian Howe. And who else is there? Mr. John Blitzo, of course, my wonderful producer. Thank you very much for joining me. I look forward to speaking to you very soon. How about-